Hey there, everybody. It's BS for Brittle, episode 9 of the podcast. There were no fights this week, but that's okay, because we still have a lot to talk about. We love to run our mouths here on our podcast. Uh, we had Grayson watch the Belfort versus uh, Holyfield on Troller 2, and then we also watched some historical slash, like, must-watch best fights, um, so we got a couple of those we'll talk about as well. Uh, Grayson, why don't you tell us who our special uh, commentator was on that <laughs> Um, card there, both oh my god, the triller of the entire they all just never cease to be an absolute clown house of a show. It is so funny. So, showbiz is showbiz, I guess. Here I'm surprised they don't actually have like a clown in between the fights, instead, they just have like horrible <laughs> musicians. But they had a special guest commentator, and I they had a couple of them, but one of the they had like six commentators or yeah. something. But the one that stood out more than any of them was former President Donald J. Trump. And that was so... It was so funny. Yeah. He I, he actually didn't do as horrible of a job as I thought. There was a 50 Cent. Was a yeah, 50 Cent did right? not do a very good job. 50 Cent... They, they were like... It was like pulling teeth to get 50 Cent. They would like ask him a question and be like, Yeah, 50 so That was quite the good fight, huh? And he'd be like, Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> that was it. So, he was, it was so funny, though. Like, uh, he was, he was on the, they were on two different, like, panels. Like, 50 Cent and uh, some boxer and some other guy, I don't know, were ringside. Mm-hmm. And then Trump, Junior Dos Santos, some guy I don't know, and Jorge Masvidal were, did, like, a panel. Yeah. That they would show, like, in between the fights and they'd talk about it or cut back and forth to him. And Junior Dos Santos at one point was like, oh, Donald, I can't do a Brazilian accent, but he was like, he's like, you know more about fighting than I thought. And he's like, oh, of course I, <laughs> it's like, yes, I've been in many, many, many fights and I've watched many, many fights. So I do know a couple things about fighting. <laughs> a little bit about that. It was yeah. so I funny. He's like, fights these are some, yeah, like I, I would fights or... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in private school. I could see him getting into some tussles in private school. When I've told that to some of my friends, they're like, yeah, dude, Trump's a badass. I'm like, Trump's 70 years old. Yeah. <laughs> he was not too bad. He he did exactly as you'd expect. He'd be like, oh, we've got some great boxers here today. I walked in and said, wow, these are great boxers. These are some amazing fights. But he was making some reads on everything. I think he's Evander Holyfield's friend. I think okay. that's even how he locked it down because he kept calling and he was like, I've known Evander for a long time. Me and Evander go way back. I think, he, you know, he's one of the greatest boxers of all time. One of the best heavyweights ever. And I, I, he was like, he was like interacting with the fighters and getting their inputs pretty yeah. well. Like when uh, Tito got knocked out cold and he was like, oh, that he, he like. Anderson Silva. Yeah, right? when Tito okay. got knocked out cold by Anderson Silver, Silva. Well, he kept calling him Anderson Silva. <laughs> And he was like, uh, he looks at, because uh, the angle was kind of weird, the first one before they showed the replay, and then when they showed the replay, he like looked at Jorge Masvidal, and he was like, oh, that's that's a one-punch type of deal there, huh? And he's like, yep, that was a one-punch deal. Yeah. And for uh, some of the newer casual fans, uh, let them know like our Anderson Silva's background with the UFC. Anderson Silva was the longest reigning champion at a weight, at a single weight class. And what was that weight class? 185 pounds. 185. Is that middle weight? Yes. Uh, yes, that was okay. middle weight. And he went up to 205 and got a couple knockouts up there as well. And 205 is light heavyweight? Is that correct? Two, yep, light okay. heavyweight, 205. But yeah, uh, before we get on to that, well, I guess we'll finish off with Trump here. And uh, people will probably be mad that I said he didn't do a horrible job just because they get butt hurt whenever he does anything. Yeah. But I was entertained. You know, I I think I would pay to see Donald Trump fight someone. Oh yeah, in the who would, so who would he be a good in, opponent? He called in when during the the pre-fight when they had everybody like uh, they did the little pre-fight interviews and talks. Yeah, Trump called in and they asked him like, Donald, if you want to fight, if you had your choice of fighting anyone, who would it be? He's like, Oh, I would take the easiest fight, and I think that easiest fight would be Joe Biden. I, would I could pay see to him see going that. down within the first few seconds. <laughs> I would pay to yeah, see I would that. Yeah, I would pay to I would pay to watch any former president fight. Okay, so <laughs> two other presidents. Who would we want to see fight that are alive? Who would put up? Well, there's not that many alive. Uh, Bill's still alive. Yeah, Bill Bill's Clinton, alive. And who? 
Uh, I think Jimmy Carter's still alive. He's about 100 years old. I think that'd be a fair fight. Joe Biden versus Jimmy Carter. Yeah. <laughs> Just wheel them both out there. <laughs> oh, back in my day, uh, Jimmy, I would have really mopped the floor with him. And when we mopped the floor, we take uh, yeah. the kids and they come in and then they would help with dinner and then when they'd help and they'd go and they'd yeah. go play and when they're playing and they'd I hold the baby and the baby would come by and I saw that's a baby. Right. It, would be the most, the it would be the most ridiculous press conference of all time if any of these guys fought each other. Who can Michelle Obama fight? She She's tough. She yeah. looks tough. I don't think yeah. I don't, I don't think any other first ladies would stand a yeah, chance I'm to think against Michelle Obama. She might be able to fight honest. Hillary. Oh, Hillary would get down and dirty though. Yeah, Hillary's yeah, old, but I think she, I think she would throw <laughs> some sand in her face. She'd have like some sand in her, in her pocket and just yeah, <laughs> throw some sand in her face. I feel like she'd fight dirty. Okay, it was yeah. absurd. I'd pay to see that fight. I would watch so. any Oh, I would love to just watch it. Just, I wonder what it's like with two 75-year-old people just yeah. going at it. That'd be interesting. We got to see a 58-year-old man fight, and he didn't look good. Who and was 58? Evander Holyfield. No, he turns... is he the guy that bit like somebody's ear? Like... No, that's Mike Tyson. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, and afterwards, but we'll get to that. Well, I guess since we already brought him up. Afterwards, because uh, Holyfield was pretty upset with the stoppage. Because he didn't get knocked out cold, but he did yeah. get dropped, and then he wasn't throwing back any punches. He was just covering like the up. Ten count or whatever that they do. He, yeah, but he got back up. Okay. He got dropped. He got right back up, and then he was covering up, and he was not firing back. He wasn't fighting back really. He was just covering up. But he, he was saying, "Well, the guy's quick. It's the first round. What, what are you gonna do when a guy's coming in fast? You go to defense." So I don't know. They could have. I mean, as a fan i would have liked to see it go a little longer yeah. but he was definitely not going to win because vitor <laughs> they both were juiced up do not be mistaken if you think holyfield was looking natural like that he <laughs> was on some stuff he looked good his body though for a he turns 59 in like a couple weeks oh, he's great. damn near 60 years old and he has probably the best body he looked better <laughs> than tyson tyson looked good his body his physique in his last fight but he looked five times better than Roy Jones did when they just fought. Roy Jones looked like he came from the barbecue, like he got into an argument <laughs> at the barbecue in that fight. It was absurd. But, yeah, Holyfield wasn't too happy about it. Belfort, I couldn't believe the odds. I got Belfort early in the week. He, I guess it opened up plus money for Vitor, like plus 110. I got him at minus 117, and it closed, I think, at minus 245. So minus... That means if means. you minus means that the odds are in the other favor. So minus one seventeen means if I would have bet one hundred seventeen bucks, I'd win a hundred. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good odds for someone who's yeah. ten yeah. years younger than the guy he's fighting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> against a sixty year old man. I saw that and I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah, that's some free But money. Anderson Silva, well, I think it. Well, I, when I saw it, it was minus one thousand when I went through them, and it closed that's at minus fifteen hundred. Minus 1,500. That's not the biggest the odd. Beat to, to, to mm -hmm. wow. I mean, knocked him out in one punch. So, it was pretty obvious what was going to happen there. But that's not... We watched the documentary about... Do you, did you watch that with me? 42 to 1? Oh, yeah, yeah. That we was good, yeah. That, that's... Yeah. If you ever need some inspiration, 42 to 1. Those are the biggest odds ever. The hardcore fans know. Buster Douglas defying the odds against Mike Tyson. Yeah. And that's actually a great fight if you go back and watch it. It is like some rocky shit. Yeah. It is some gritty back and forth. He got dropped at one point. And then his mom died like right yep. before. His yeah. mom died right beforehand. Just like, and there's a repeat of that happening. We might bring up later R.I.P. I guess since this came yeah. up naturally. R.I.P. Nazareth Hackperest's mother. She died just 24 days before his fight with Dan Hooker is coming up. The biggest opportunity of his yeah. career. And his mother has passed away. So hopefully he's able to put that aside and still get in there because yeah, like I think he has a chance. I think he has a chance. I'm actually leaning towards just because Hooker, he looked so bad in his last fight. Yeah. Like, it looked, he looked flat-footed. He looked slow. His chin wasn't there. I mean, I get Chandler hits like an absolute Mack truck, but <laughs> I don't know. I kind of am leaning towards if there's good plus money on Hack Press, I might have to put 10 bucks on him or so. Yeah. 
So, but did, were you, did you watch the part where Tito Ortiz called out Logan Paul? I read that he. And that was I don't know if it was, I think it was afterward. After, like yeah. like it was after all the fights because they, he was out. He was not in any state to be interviewed after yeah. he got knocked out cold. He was face down flat on the mat. <laughs> like he was, looked like he was sleeping. They've probably seen the memes. I posted. It. I think I posted it on the, on the Instagram. It was pretty ridiculous because he was talking some smack beforehand. He's like, Anderson's not going to be able to pull that Wing Chun Bruce Lee bullshit on me. <laughs> and then in the, after he won, Anderson's like, oh, yes, and I use my Wing Chun and this is for Bruce Lee or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> this is for Wing Chun and Bruce Lee everywhere. I can't do it good. Don't worry, everyone. I back. He has a very high-pitched voice. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he has a very funny voice. And uh, Tito's ridiculous. I mean, the memes of it afterwards are like, and Tito, you don't really know any of them, but he he has some embarrassing smack talk over the years where he's like, I've been training six days a week, every week, for five days, each month. <laughs> like, it just doesn't, never makes any sense how it goes. Ah. But I was actually pretty entertained, much more entertained by the other Triller event, Ben Askren versus... Uh, Logan uh, Paul, I think. Or Jake Paul, I think. I think he fought Jake Paul. Literally one just fought Tyron Woodley. But, yeah, Jake Paul. It was Jake Paul. I see okay. it right there. Yeah, against Jake Paul. It was much better because that event was so horrible. They had, like, so many concerts in between each fight. And then they had, like, a slap fight at one point. It was nonsense. It was utter nonsense. I am not into... Oh, you're looking up Tito. Tito used to be... I think have I I've showed you the clip when Tito and Chael were good fighting in Bellator. <laughs> you know what I'm talking know. about? I can't remember. And uh I have the memory of like a score. I can't remember the exact uh quote. But essentially he was making fun of Tito Ortiz's wife being a former porn star. That's the classic that's a nasty line by me. Uh, by Chael that I showed oh, you. Yeah, Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, we're getting off topic here. Uh, yeah, I was pretty entertained by this Troller event. I uh, am not going to watch their next one. Yeah, that's they're going to have sure. Ja Rule versus... Uh, yeah, it's like a rap battle. Pat I thought they were going to fight. When I saw that, I was like, Ja Rule and Pat Joe are fighting? But I guess they're just doing a rap battle. Yeah, apparently that's been pretty popular. I haven't watched any of them, but... Rap battles? They're kind no, of... No, it's like rap and singing. Like, they have... Um, Pitbull made this thing called Versus or whatever, and they just put like older singers and stuff against each other. Like they battle sing. I guess so. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm better than you at singing. Like that. I don't know. Rap I battles are usually like them. you insult your adversary. That's not mostly R and B stuff. I don't know what they do. They just sing. And well, stuff. I don't know. Ja Rule and Fat Joe are not R&B singers. They are rappers. Well, I'm saying they do rap. Some of them are rapping. Yeah, Some this of them one are R&B be... singing. This one will be rapping. Yeah, this one was a rap battle. Um, I don't know. Neither. I mean, Fat Joe is okay, but Ja Rule is not a very good. I don't think he's a very good rapper. He's very hard to understand. I'm not going to be tuning in, though. Well, ja Rule and that little Fire Festival video yes. we watched. Yes. Is that that same guy? Yes. Okay, that yeah. is the guy from Fire Fest. He is the man from Firefest yeah. for the for the fans out there. Firefest was this festival that absolutely collapsed. That, that didn't these, really happen. It didn't really happen. All these and I think it's hilarious because all these rich kids are like, "Oh, I lost all my money. I got ripped off of my money." And it's like, "All right, you trust one baby." But what I did feel bad for was all the uh, local businesses that didn't get paid yeah, in that, that country. Really sad. That part was hard at the end. I was like, "Ah, dang it! Why is it always the local business?" Yeah, basically, it's supposed to be like this super like luxury, like Coachella type yeah. event, like tents and yurts and stuff. And when they got there, they were using leftover mm-hmm. hurricane tents, and they were and, all like, flooded. And, and yeah, everything sunk. was flooded, and there was like a storm, and there was like no bathrooms, and like people were like trapped there yeah. with not a way to get back. It was an absolute disaster, and everybody lost all their money. There was like one diner to eat at, and then I guess nobody paid the diner people or anything. It was just an absolute shit show. But Ja Rule was. Uh, one of the leading men behind that. So, yes, that was <laughs> the one you would know him from. He went to prison in New York at uh, one of the prisons my father worked at. Oh, Fun fact. I won't say which one it was because then people won't be able to narrow stuff down. Well, I guess they could just Google what prisons. But he went to more than one in New York. <laughs> He's gone to a couple. 
So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, to the historical fights, you actually want to get into those? Yeah, so since there were no fights this weekend besides yeah. this trailer nonsense. And if you listen to our last episode, we had Michael on, and he talked about some of the historical yeah. fights he thought One we that I watch. hadn't seen that we started with. Well, I went on ESPN. They had a top 25, ESPN Plus, they have the top 25 fights on there. So I was like, oh, we'll just start with the top four. And uh, number four, which surprised me that it was number four, I thought it was going to be number one, was Rory versus Robbie. Rory McDonald versus Robbie Lawler. Oh, yeah, when he was champ. Yeah, when Robbie was the champ. Looking tan, looking (laughs) glistening. That was great. Yeah. Did you uh, enjoy that, that one? Yeah, I did like that one. Yeah, I know you talked about it on the last episode, and you were talking about how that was mm-hmm. like perfect like sprawl or whatever. But that was the best takedown defense that I have yeah. ever seen since I started watching it. In the fourth round, I believe. I think it was in it the... was, there were some in the third round where he had some good takedown defense as well yeah. that I saw. Yeah, he had great takedown defense the whole fight. But in the fourth round, there was a one specific sprawl mm-hmm. where it almost seemed like he was like on a trampoline. like His chest almost yeah, hits the ground, the and he pops oh, right yeah. back up. So smoothly. I always reference that one when people are like, what do you mean a sprawl? I'm like, oh, let me pull up the greatest one ever for you. But that was your first time watching that fight. Yeah, and that was also the first time I heard of a Superman punch. I heard that a couple times in that fight. I was like, Superman. Really? They use that a lot, quite a bit in fights. Yeah, I don't know. When they leap forward and punch. Okay, I guess that's what it is. Yeah, that was the first time I heard, or I ever noticed. I'm saying something about a Superman. It's probably because it was one of the few punches Goldberg can name. I hate Goldberg's commentary. I'm I'm glad he's not as around anymore. He is so annoying. Like whenever I watch these classic fights, I'm like, God, Gold. These are great, but Goldberg being on here kind of ruins them. But yeah, what were you thinking as you were watching it? Uh, so like the first round, it was kind of slow. I was like, oh, okay, they're just filling each other out. <laughs> what did that thing where they like rinse their hands out and it's, but it's not like a punch or anything. It's like they're kind of like. I don't know how to describe it, but I guess they're like just trying to see how they're going to react if they judge in the distance. Is yeah, faint exactly. usually. Yeah, and I think to me that's like okay, how far can I reach my arm out to like hit this guy or something? I don't know <laughs> if that's what they're like comparing, but yeah, so they're just feeling each other out like the first round. I didn't have really have much to say about the second round, but the third round, these guys look like like a horror movie. Like they looked like zombies, like. It looked like Roy's eyes, they were, like, black, like, you couldn't even, like, see anything. He just looked, like, dead to me, like, and he was, like, bleeding from, like, his nose and his forehead and, like, his... His mouth. Yeah, it was wild. Every hole out of his head was bleeding. But he wasn't giving up either. He was still going at it, for sure, so I was really surprised. Because it was close. He was in there for a while. He had his moments, too. He rocked Robbie a couple times with a nice head kick. Yeah, he really closed in on him in the last, like, 30 seconds of that round. I almost thought it was over at that point, but I guess if you're champion, you're not yeah. going to give up that easy. And he came out the next round pretty confident after closing out the third round. The yeah, he was just pouring it on, like, head kicks. It was crazy. Yeah, I would... I mean, by my scoring, I'd have a 2-2 going into the fourth, uh, the last round. I would have say, said it was 2-2. Because the first round was close, but I'd go towards Rory. Second round, I would have gave to Robbie. Why would you get that first round to to Rory? He yeah. just it, he landed more kicks. He was kicking the body a lot more. He was on the back foot, but he was he definitely was landing more significant strikes in the whole entire time for the first round. It was probably only the strike differential was probably only like twelve to eight, but mm-hmm. somebody has to win the round. I was thinking that like Robbie had the octagon more like more control. He was just chasing him down, but he wasn't landing anything in the first round. Okay. So sometimes the judges, and that's why I hate the judging, but the judges could have gave it to him, but they wouldn't know what they're looking at if they did. <laughs> and if you ask me, and then the uh, yeah, the third round, the third round's clo- a close call because Rory was getting beat up pretty bad. Yeah, he definitely bad. took most of the damage. And then I in the last say. thirty seconds, and the judges be, it's like they have short term memory. It's like the last thing they see in the end of the round is what they go with. Because <laughs> when he poured it on at the end there, they might have gave him that round. So you could almost say it was 2-2 going into the fifth. But it didn't matter who what they had it scored by. Because at the end, Rory just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. His body gave out on him. 
That was a lot of damage. He took a lot of damage. That's for in interviews afterwards, he was saying that he would get punched in the face and he would just get a white flash in front of his eyes every time when you get punched in the face. And the doctors told him that that was because his nose bone got shoved so far back into his face that it would like affect like it was like hitting his eyes. That is a lot. It was like hitting his eyeballs. Yeah, both our noses were definitely like flat. It was crazy. Yeah. Flattened out. Yeah, that was a great stare. That people say that's the best stare down of all time. I would agree. Going yeah. into the last round where they're both just flat nose bleeding, staring at each other. It's pretty epic. Yeah, that is the most primal like. Yeah. Stuff. I. That's the most graphic thing I've ever seen for sure. Like, Especially when in the, going into the last round, Robbie's coaches are like, "You're a lion. Get in there. You're a lion. One more round." And I'm like. Ooh, these people are like just trying to claw each other apart at this point, just ripping each other to shreds. Another thing I was thinking is like how the commentators were like saying all the stuff they were like doing wrong or like stuff they missed. And I was like, I don't know if I could be a fighter. I'm like, I'm getting my ass kicked here, trying as hard as I can, like taking all this damage, and then you're calling out everything I'm doing wrong. Like, that's gonna be tough. A lot of guys don't like. A lot of guys don't go back and watch their fights. They let, like, their coaches do that mm-hmm. and then do the corrections and stuff for them. So, and you can't... It's not like now where... Well, now they're starting to get fans back. But for a while there, you could... The guys in the Octagon could hear, like, DC talking. Yeah, I remember one of the fighters was like, I, I can hear you yeah. or something like that. They would respond to them. But at that point, especially in that fight with that crowd, you couldn't hear anybody. They could bar- probably not even hear their own coaches, let alone yeah. commentary. I always wonder about that, if they can hear their coaches, because the coaches are always talking the whole time. Some like, fighters say they can't hear anything the whole time, and some fighters say they can. So, it's kind of hard. I think it just is person to person. Some people don't even remember when they fight. They just go in there, and it's like like a light switch goes off, and then all of a sudden when the fight's over, they're like, whoa. What yeah. happened? Like, it's just like a total adrenaline. They don't remember it at all afterwards. So, I don't know. I don't know. They've, I don't know if they've gone back and watched that fight. Sometimes, there's a couple videos that are interesting where fighters go back and watch some of their fights. And uh, as much as I like to make fun of them, Diego Sanchez has a pretty good one when he went and uh, he fought Clay Guida. And what I thought, what I thought should have been in this top list, but some people, I guess, don't agree. Couldn't. At ESPN with me. <laughs> and uh, he has a good one where he goes through and he does a breakdown of his fight. It's pretty funny. Like, there's a part where he's on his back. Clay gets him on his back. And he's like, but I still had a trick up my sleeve. And he starts doing these elbows from on his back to the top of his, like, on his forehead. Mm-hmm. He's like, I was just cracking the coconut. Cracking <laughs> the coconut. Which is pretty funny. Um, so that was the first one on the list. And then after that, I was also surprised to see, but I had never watched this one. Michael told us that this was his favorite fight. Oh, yeah, fight. Shogun versus Hendo. Shogun versus Hendo. That, to me, I thought was going to be a draw. Because that last round, I thought, was a 10-8, considering that Henderson definitely won the first three rounds. He yeah, was, he came out the first one wild. Oh, yeah, with like a choke, him. like that guillotine choke, and then that takedown, and then yeah, even the ground upon at the end. Yeah, he was yeah. blasting him for the first two rounds. And as it went, and Shogun, it's usually, from what I've watched, I've only seen a handful of Shogun fights. He was still fighting up to last year. I don't know. Really? Yeah, he fought last year twice, I believe. Um, anyway, so Shogun usually doesn't have the greatest gas tank, but somehow he, his gas tank t- was the better one. Because in the, uh, <laughs> he won the fourth, and he won the fifth, and I thought the fifth was a 10-8, because he had him mounted for like four minutes. That's a, that's almost a, a whole long round, time yeah. to be mounted. Yeah, he had him mounted for a long time. So, I thought that was it was going to end up being a draw, but they gave it to Henderson by one point. They gave a 2-10 uh they gave a 10-9s for the last two rounds, no 10-8s. So it ended up being by one point Hendo won it. And that was a great fight. It was so bloody. And a back and forth. Those are the big boys going at it. They hit a lot harder. They're at 205. Way heavyweight. Mm-hmm. They hit a lot harder than those other guys do on the list. And that was in, okay, 2011. Yeah, okay. he fought twice last year. He beat uh, Antonio Nogueira. I can't 
pronounce it. I think that's the one they call Lil Nog. There's a big Nog and a Lil Nog. These guys are before my time. But then he lost to the Bear Jew, Paul Craig. And he had so. a draw to him, apparently, in 2019. Yeah, I've never yeah. watched that one. Split draw. He fought Chuck, Chuck Liddell, apparently. Yeah. Back in 2009. Yep. Fought uh, Forrest Griffin mm-hmm. a couple times. Alistair Overeem, Loyola Machido. John, this is we lost the belt to right here. John, John Jones. Loyola Machida. Yeah, he fought pretty much everybody. Mark Coleman. I mean, at Rampage Jackson, like, you can just go through, like, Hall of Famer, 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 R.I.P. Kevin Randleman, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, like, he's fought yeah. everybody. Like, he's fought, he's there's over, the record, yeah, there's yeah. over ten Hall of Famers on here that he has fought, so, including himself, he'll be, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, cool. He'll make okay. the Hall of Fame. If he, he doesn't, I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked. If they don't have... Considering some of the people that are in there, I'd be shocked if uh, he didn't make it. So that was John Jones when he won the title. The first when he first won the title was against Shogun. Okay. For a fun fact, uh, pull up your thingy here. Um, so then, do you want to talk about lead up with the next fight, or you want me to go ahead and start it up? Uh, Connor versus Nate Diaz yeah, won. the first time they fought. So then they had, and I was like, who made this list? But, okay. <laughs> Some reason, they, they say this. Probably because it sold a lot. It's definitely because they love Connor. They, they be loving Connor over there. And they think they're like, well, we've got to put Connor as the top two fights. But they had Nate versus Connor won as the second best fight of all time. I mean, it's one of my favorites. I yeah. love watching that fight. I'm a huge... I love the Diaz brothers. They're so ridiculous. If they were like, Grayson, you get to hang out with one fighter for a day, who would it be? I think I'm picking Nate Diaz. I think that would be a hilarious day. I think it'd be so funny, and you'd be fun, and you'd be down to earth and chill, and you'd just be... I don't know. I, yeah. I could see myself going to the Chinese buffet or something with Nate Diaz. I don't Nate know who I would hang He's, out with. I think I don't think he's vegan anymore, but if you had to pick one to hang out with? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Jorge, that's a good pick. Yeah, yeah. he'd be up there for sure. Yeah, this fight, this fight um, brought up a couple questions. So, one, they talk about South Pole versus South Pole. That's left hand, right? Yeah. Okay, got it. So, they, that means they just leave with their left hand? Yeah, well, no. You When you're a South Pole, your right hand is your jab hand. Meaning, so you're going to have your left hand back on your back foot. Okay. Your power hand is from your back. Your back hand is your power hand. Got it. Okay. Your lead hand is your jab hand. There's not as much. Some guys actually switch and use their dominant hand as their jab hand sometimes. It's not always the the greatest idea, but sometimes it works out for people. Okay. And then another one. So I always thought the clinch was when they're like right up against each other on the fence. No, it doesn't. But then in this fight, if they were like saying they were in the clinch, like in the middle, I was like, okay. Yeah. So I guess it's just when they're right up against each other. The clinch is when you're grappling against each other, mm-hmm. and then you, in the clinch, people generally throw uppercuts, elbows, or knees. Yeah, knees is but what I But it's essentially see very standing common. grappling. Okay, got it. Like, okay, like the clinch. It's more of a Muay Thai technique, but then it also there's a couple different because that's why I like MMA because in the clinch you can use your judo. If you have good throws or trips, you could use your Muay Thai with your good knees or anything, or elbows and stuff like that. Or your wrestling, because a lot of times people will drop down in the clinch to a single leg or a double leg. and uh, Or people will just try to push you up against the cage and then just trip you down, pull you down one way or another. There's a lot yeah. of different ways to go about it. So some guys have great clinch work. Some people could work on it. Yeah. The, this was yeah this was a, I see why this one was on the list at least for me anyway just because two things that really stood out to me is one that Nate only had eleven days notice he was just like fighters should always be ready to fight and <laughs> stuff like that and I was like that's crazy and then also how fluid he was like on his back like yeah. just rolling around against the cage was like crazy to me I think you said he has like a BJJ background or something oh yeah he's one of the best BJJ practitioners okay. of all time in the UFC. I believe he was a BJJ champion. I think Michael said that last week before he even made the UFC. I don't know too much about that, but yeah, he was under the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu okay. for a long time. That's his primary thing, especially when he first got in the UFC. 
when he was on like Ultimate Fighter, he was all about getting to the ground and getting you on yeah, the ground. Yeah, he won this fight by submission, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he got him, but he was punching him and everything. Yeah, and, well, there was lots of Connor shocking wrestling, tried the to game, wrestle yeah. him. Yeah, then you said he was like, are you yeah. a wrestler now? Yeah, that was in it afterwards, because I guess Nate's talking to him in there, and at one point he rocks him pretty good, and he starts backing up, and he goes, oh, you're a jogger now. <laughs> and then at one point he rocks him pretty good, and uh, Connor goes to take him down, and he goes, oh, you're a wrestler now, because Connor does not really... He actually has an, a very bizarre fight. He fought uh, Max Holloway when they were both super young, mm-hmm. and Connor like wrestle fucked him the whole time. Really? Yeah, I guess he like broke his I've foot or something. I've never seen Connor wrestle. Yeah, he like broke his foot and he just held him down like for two rounds. It was so bizarre. A very odd fight. Not a good one to go back and watch. Okay. But yeah, when it went to the ground, he was out of his element, and Nate just started pounding he took on his him. Back. Took his back, Maybe pounding on him, everything, and choked him out. And then had one of my favorite post-fight press conferences of all time because he was the underdog going into that. I don't think Conrad lost in the UFC yet. Yeah. At that point. Well, you're probably also usually the underdog when you have a late notice yes. like that. I'm trying to think if there's ever been. There's there probably been people who came in last minute that were favored. But yeah, generally the guy with with a lesser notice is not the favorite fighter, and then. Afterwards, he was like, a lot of people didn't expect you. Like, Joe's interviewing him. He's like, what do you think about the outcome of this fight? And he goes, not surprised, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> that's one of my favorites of all time. So that's a good one. But as I was watching that, I was like, there's no way. What are they going to have number one? They're not going <laughs> to. Are they going to? And it comes up. The number one fight of all time. Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor 2. I was like, what? This is a good fight. It was the first fight I saw, like my first card I went to. Yeah. But and I have a soft spot for that fight, but I don't I don't think it's the best fight of all time. Yeah. They're crazy. I think Rory Robbie is the best fight ever. Oh overall. Okay. Yeah, the one we watched. I think okay. that's the best fight ever. It's not my favorite, but I think if you look at it objectively, I think that's the best one ever. Because it's back and forth the whole time. It's bloody. Yeah. They are use they use the whole gambit of mixed martial arts the whole thing the whole time. So I think that's the best one. People say uh Shogun versus Hendo's the best one. I could see that being the case too. Didn't that one go to decision though? Yeah, that went to decision. See, I like the finish. See for yeah. me I'm right it's like you can't say I mean, fighters do a great job. They fight very well, they are professionals. <laughs> But I just think it can't be the best fight of all time if it's gone to a decision. Really? I don't know. There's some, I gotta see some good finish. decisions. Your favorite fight went to a decision. Yeah, that's why I'm saying that one's an exception. But I get what you're saying. There's and I understand why that can burners be that have gone to decision. I just love a good finish, though. I'm sorry. Yeah, some guys you can't knock out, though. Yeah, for sure. And I thought that when I was watching Nate Diaz versus Connor, one, I thought Nate Diaz was going to knock him out. But I think you said that he's never knocked anybody out. Is that I'd have to think he has he t- he dropped like not TKO he, but like no he has it. yeah if he has any it's gonna be by TKO he dropped Pettis with a knee yeah just go to his whole thing here Gray Maynard he TKO'd with punches okay I don't think he has any. Just, I don't think he's just, yeah, they're all TKOs. He doesn't just have any one-punch knockouts like okay, that. yeah. He Which damn I... near did it against Leon Edwards in his last fight, but that okay. would have been a TKO finish, but he stunned him pretty good on the feet. Yeah, Nate's one of my favorites. He's had a, you know, up-and-down career, win some, lose some type of guy, but just I think like that. records don't really mean much a lot of times, especially going into a fight. Yeah, performance over record to me anyway. Yeah. So then, after that, I was like, oh, I'll show Deja some other classic fights. Another? Oh, well, this is Nick Diaz, his brother, right? Yeah, I was like, since he's, come, since he's got the, the rematch is coming up, I might as well show you the original. <laughs> UFC 266. And since, because uh, we talked about it with Michael last week, he said that he thinks, he believes Robbie is going to come out and starch <laughs> Nick Diaz. That's quite the claim. Because Nick Diaz has never, he's been... TKO'd. He's never been knocked out. He got TKO'd by Jeremy Jackson at one point. If you click right here, you can get right to his page. 
that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, keep going, keep going, down, down, down. Dr. Stoppage against KJ Noons. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, so his only time he's been finished, like TKO'd, was against Jeremy Jackson in 2002. Besides yeah. that, the man has a chin of iron. He is getting up there in age, though. Yeah. Another man that had a chin of iron was uh, your boy, your favorite, Ben Askren. And he, yeah, got, and he got knocked out cold by a YouTuber, so... <laughs> I think Nick Diaz is going to go 2-0 and on Robbie Lawler. Robbie, they both have a lot of miles on them. We got two Toyota Corollas going in there. To <laughs> yeah, they fought about 20 years ago. Yeah, I think 17 or 18 was, years yeah. ago, something like that. It's been a long time, and it was not a close fight the first time, as you yeah, saw. Yeah, uh, I was really surprised. When uh, the ref was like, stop talking because. Steve Mazzagatti. Yeah, because yeah. oh Nick Diaz was like putting his arms down and like, come on and talking yeah. to him. I like when they. Stockton, motherfucker! Yeah. Stockton! I yeah. like the taunting. He's like, quit talking! Yeah, that's not in the rules. Steve Mazzagatti, I'm glad he does not work with the UFC anymore. He's, there's a lot of refs when you go through the. Even nowadays, there's some refs that uh, aren't that great, but if you go through historically. <laughs> Especially when the sport was a lot younger. It's like, these guys do not know what the rules are. They have no idea what these rules are right now. But yeah, I thought it was a great fight. I love watching any Nick Diaz fight. I wanted you to watch when he fought BJ Penn as BJ well. BJ Penn. That's a good one. Okay, so who was BJ Penn? I've BJ heard his Penn name was a 155-pound champion. He fought at so many weight classes. I think he's overrated, but... People say he's one of the best of all time, um, especially when he was fighting in his prime. When he was like, because a fighter's prime can sometimes be very short. Like you, when you're redlining out for that, yeah, look at his last run there. <laughs> but up until his last, you know, he got one, two, three, four, five. He ended on a six fight losing streak. Dang, that's rough. But if you scroll down way more down here, yeah, this was his prime, like this era down here. Mm. This is all his prime okay, down so here. Okay, so he was in UFC. Yeah. UFC 31 was this first one. He was the 155-pound champ, and then they got rid of the 155-pound division at one point, and he went to a different <laughs> Says he won league. welterweight. Yeah, he was the welterweight. Did he, get, did he win? Yeah, he did win the welterweight champ, so he had two belts. He has some good ones. He fought in a very controversial fight here against George St. Pierre because George St. Pierre's corner before the fight and uh, they soaked him. They got him in the sauna and they soaked him with Vaseline because BJ Penn's primarily a grappler. Oh, so they like so it was in his pores. So even when they were toweling off, like he's sweating Vaseline out. Mm -hmm. Now that's against the rules. At the time, it was not. So, and, uh, GSP, I hear a lot George about him. I don't, I don't think I've he, seen him fight. People call him the... Yeah, a lot of his fights are not that uh, that amazing. He went to decision a lot. He uh, famously got knocked out by one of our favorites, Matt, Matt Sarah, Sarah. But then he won the rematch after so he had to go got, through a couple guys. He left on a big one. Yeah. yeah, he came back and won. He he uh, he defended the title a bunch yeah, of he times. Did, yeah, he had that. the title... He defended a bunch, then he retired, and then he went up in weight and choked out Michael Bisbing, and then he retired again after that. So, people say he's the best of all time. He very well could be. I he's lean, got only two losses here. I lean towards Anderson Silva being the best of all time, just because of how he was just starching people. Yeah, that's one thing I've been saying is them, like, Saying you can't be the best of all time if you haven't defended your title, like, a ton of times. A few times. But I also, at the same time, I kind of contradict myself on that. Because when you have PEDs... This uh, guy was on PEDs? I don't think George St. Pierre ever got caught with anything. But I'm talking about Anderson Silva. Oh, Anderson was Silva on was on PEDs, yes. And, um... Which, some people also think that's why he's doing a lot better outside of the UFC now. I think he's got his juice back. Game the sippy cup back, <laughs> but he had a run. He had the longest reign of all time as a champion. From here down, bloop. <laughs> yep, this is he debuted against Chris Levin, and then so this was his UFC debut, and Chris Levin was favored going into that one, and then 
right at did he get a title shot his second fight? Yeah, and then after his second fight was a title fight, and then he held it from two thousand and six to two thousand and thirteen. Seven years. Seven year run. It's the longest of all time. The most defenses in between. I mean John Jones if you count the years, but you know, he got suspended and had to come back and would we even come back. That's like the most consistent defense run was uh um, Anderson Silva. So, and Nick Diaz's last fight was against Anderson Silva yeah, in the so UFC. He tests positive for yep, and then two different things, and yep. then Diaz. Okay, weed, yep. So we got some weed for THC. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that last week. But yeah, it's it's just barbershop talk. When people are like, "Oh, who's the greatest of all time?" That's barbershop <laughs> talk. Talk to me. The most dominant in his weight class, I think, was probably Habib. But then people are like, well, look at his record. He fought cans. I don't count anything before the UFC. Anything before the UFC. Unless people fought in, like, uh, there was a time where, like, Pride and Strike Force had UFC caliber guys. In yeah. It. Yeah, I don't count anything before UFC either, you know. Because to me and to a lot of people, I think UFC is, like, the gold standard. So why would you count anything before that? Depends who you're fighting, though, because like, you can look at like Michael Chandler over in Bellator, and he was beating UFC guys. Okay. He was beating Eddie Alvarez. Well, he had a, he had a couple back and forths there. He beat uh, Benson Henderson, like guys who fought in the UFC and were UFC champions. And Michael Chandler, he has a fight coming up, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he's fighting fight, Justin, uh, Justin Gaethje. Gaethje yep. yeah. Fighting Justin Gaethje. Three-rounder. That'll really? Be, Only three rounds? Yeah, it'll be three rounds. Well, it's not title, so I guess... Yeah, title eliminator, essentially. Poten- it's potential uh, title eliminator. I don't know, I mean, who else would fight for... Because Benio LaRouche is sitting there trying to get a title fight, but I think if he sits a little too long, he's going to end up, you know, might even lose his spot there. But at the same time, if if it plays out... If Dustin wins against Charles, and then if he beats Justin Gaethje again, I could then see. I'm not following you. Hold on. Let me get. Follow? Let me get to the rankings here. So we're it's talking about 155, yep. right? 155. Charles Oliveira is the current champ. Dustin Poirier is going to fight him. He's having having his first title defense against Dustin Poirier. Okay. Right here there. we are. Okay. So. This is how I could see it playing out. So Dustin has not fought uh, Oliveira yet. Has not correct. fought him yet, correct. Okay. If Dustin beats him, mm-hmm. and if Gaethje beats Chandler, I ass- I'm guessing they're then going to do the rematch of Dustin versus Gaethje. Mm-hmm. And then if Dustin wins again, I could see them sliding Darush in there. But I feel like that's the only way you can go. Any other way that they do it, I think if Chandler wins... He'll fight. I don't know if they'll do the rematch against him and Charles if Charles wins. Imagine if Charles and and Michael Chandler both win. That'll be wild. And then they so, had a rematch. That, if that case happened, I think they might slide Darush in there too. To have a fresh guy. Darush versus Oliviera would be wild. I think that would be a really good Oh, fight, yeah, yeah. They're both all over the place. Grappling, striking. Darush got a chin on him, though. He's been knocked out before. He's been knocked out by uh, Edson Barbosa and need the fuck out of him. <laughs> and uh, what's that kid that is that Cerrone put in his what, place? What were we looking? Talking about again? Darush. He lost to the guy, Donald Cerrone, put this kid in his place at one point. That must have been a while ago. Because... It was probably his last win, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Alexander Hernandez. Yeah, he got... He, uh, he's got a couple losses in a row now, but he knocked out Darush. And then after that, I don't think Hernandez has won since then as well. Because he lost to Drew Dober. Darush he lost to... fought Tony Ferguson? Yeah, he wrestle-fucked him. That was his last fight. That was his last fight. Yeah, it was depressing. Oh, <laughs> I won some money on that one, though. <laughs> was that when we were in... Uh... No. Okay, no, we're on wasn't. vacation. Because I remember we were on vacation when Tony fought one. Yeah, time. we were in the old house. Okay. All right, so we're saying that if Michael Chandler wins, mm-hmm. he's going to fight. If he wins. Possibly. I don't know how they're going to set that up if he wins. 
I don't know what they're going to do if Chandler wins. If Chandler wins, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to play out. Because I don't see them doing... He'll campaign for a rematch for the champ. You know? He'll campaign to fight. He'll be like, I want I want the champ. But Benio Darush is saying he wants the champ mm-hmm. as well. And he's on like a seven or eight fight win streak. Something crazy. Benio Darush. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be a... Uh, yeah. I don't know how that's going to play out. It's pretty interesting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep, seven in a row. And he's got a great... I mean, this is a pretty... Aside from Frank the Crank and Scott Holtzman, this is a pretty uh, crazy, good win streak. And even that, Scott Holtzman's tough. He can just be knocked out pretty easily. And he missed weight that fight, though. Darush. He hit him with a nice spinning back fist, though. Which was great. I love 155. Oh, it's going to be... It is quite the shuffling of the deck, though, yeah. since uh, Habib retired. Yeah. It's been pretty wild. I remember one time we were talking and you were like, if so-and-so wins, Habib should probably fight this guy. You know, he's not going to come back, but you feel like... He's not going to anymore. At the time when Habib said it was on the card that... I want to say... Can I see the mouse for a second? Let me just see this real quick. Before I... I can get this all... Was that... Who was... Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So he was saying that if he saw something impressive on the, uh, against like Benil DeRouche, Tony Ferguson, Charles Olivier, or Michael Chandler, that he would come back. Mm-hmm. And I guess he didn't see anything that really <laughs> caught his fancy because he said, no, there's nobody. He said, no, there's nobody on my level. So I, I'm thinking he, w- he meant if Chandler wins, he was going to fight him. Or it might have meant if Tony wins. Oh he would have fought him because that was the the one people wanted for yeah, the Tony longest time. Habib, it was canceled yeah. five times. But now Tony, unfortunately, my favorite of all time, he is washed. It's hard to watch. They've been trying to... I saw Dana White the other day was like, we have not been able to get a hold of Tony Ferguson. Like He's like <laughs> missing right now. He's MIA. They don't know what he's up to. So... It's pretty wild. I wonder what he is up to. He's probably out in the woods kicking trees and building a cabin out of the trees he kicks down or something wild. Yeah, I remember that, um, I remember seeing a video of, like, Tony Ferguson and he was, like, like, shin kicking these, like, metal yes, poles. that is his, how he something does something with his nerve he endings He was trying to kill the nerve endings in his I legs. Like, yeah, he's out of his mind. But... So what does Dan Hooker have to do with this? Dan... I guess he... I don't know. I have not seen... Is Dan seen, Hooker... Oh, this like, is... Don't. Uh, BJPenn.com is nonsense. <laughs> never get never get your news from BJPenn.com. But anyway, um, yeah, I guess he's just not answering the phone. <laughs> so, and that might have had to do with maybe Dan Hooker saying that because that's why he's fighting Nazarat Hakparast. Okay, because he's unranked right now. Hakparast isn't ranked. Tony Ferguson is. He's like eight or something right He is now. still ranked. He's six. Yes. Six. Okay. Man. Higher than McGregor. Okay. Connor's probably wanting to fight him. He's like, oh, give me. Give me out of the way. I yeah, can't. He need a win. <laughs> yeah. Connor could. I don't know. I just don't see Tony really winning these days, unfortunately. He's my guy, but. Tony time is over, unfortunately. That day after he lost, I woke up the next day, like, a little depressed. Like, Tony time's done. That's it. Tony time's over. I still listen to his song in the gym sometimes that he comes out to. I don't think it's copyrighted. You could probably bring it up here. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's not, I've never heard the song anywhere else besides when he does it. But I like to... uh, Work out to his walkout song. I like to work out to a lot of people's walkout songs, though. Because then it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know you like Habib's oh, yeah. song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, there's an English version of it, but I don't like that one. I like to pretend like I make up the words as I go. But it's essentially a song about loving Dagestan very, very much. Okay. Which is pretty great. You looking at here? I was just trying to see if that loss to Dustin Poirier was really a doctor stoppage. Yeah, right? yeah, they had a doctor stoppage. Doctor stoppage. Yeah. I don't know if he was just saying that. Of course, he wanted it, it to be. Or... No, he wanted to make sure they knew it was a doctor okay. stoppage. <laughs> like this is not a TKO. This is a doctor stoppage. 
Well, it says TKO. Well, yeah, a doctor yeah. stoppage is a TKO on your record. Okay. But it's different, though. It's not just like a regular. And Rafael Fazeev, he's in 155, right, mm-hmm. too? He was the one that just beat Bobby Green. Yeah, he called out Hasbulla. Yeah, he called out Hasbulla. <laughs> not in that division. Hasbulla, I think, fights at the 45 pound division, if I had to guess. <laughs> So, yeah, pretty interesting fights coming up. Oh, he's ranked 13th now. Yeah. There he is. Yeah. Pull up that. Go back to that rankings. Z's. Ooh, Brad Riddell. That's that's one that people don't know. Yeah, I don't know He's that a guy. destroyer. He's a bad Brad motherfucker. Riddell. He's got potential to get up there. Have I seen him fight? I feel like I, I haven't seen know. him fight. I don't know if you've seen him fight. He is a fucking destroyer, though. He's good. He's very good. It looks like he's on a win streak here. One, yeah. two, three. Yeah, he's on quite the... Uh... From New Zealand. Okay, that's where Israel yeah, is from. Yeah, he trains at the same gym, City Kickboxing. Look at his Octagon de- uh, debut, they're saying. October 5th, 2049. <laughs> yeah, they got that messed up. He debuts in 25 years. <laughs> yeah. Okay, seven fight win streak, they're saying. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's good. He's good. I don't know how they're going to pull up the whole rankings here again. I don't know what these... What are they going to... The problem right now, though, a lot of these boys aren't wanting to fight. They're trying to sit on their rankings. I hate when this happens. <laughs> it's a problem that 170 has had since the beginning of time. Which one is 170? Welterweight. Welterweight. People always trying to sit on their rankings. Like, Jorge... I, Is there anyone in this, he has, in this top he has beaten here? I'm trying to see. Has he beat any of these guys? There is no one in the rankings that in this ranking right here that Jorge has beat in the top fifteen. He has not beat any of these people. How's he sixth then? Because he sells. He fought for the title twice mm-hmm. in a row. He beat Till. Till was his biggest win. But to get to the title, he beat Cowboy, I think Till and um, Ben Askren. Okay. Was what he, and now he's 0-2. He's been kind of dodging people, honestly. I think he wants to fight Nick Diaz if he wins. That's what he's been can- campaigning for. He's like, it makes sense. If, I'm like, of course he wants to fight the old-timer. <laughs> the high-mileage man. Let's take a look at all right, man. I mean, he's got... A, I mean, he's fought... He used to fight at 155. Really? He's fought for I a long time. He's fought for a long time. I remember watching him fight Usman once, I think, when we were in Key West. Yeah, that was horrible, that one. That car, that car was decent, else? though, but it was very had a very upsetting decision on that car. Chiesa, so he has beat him, okay. No, he beat Chiesa, but was that at 155? Doesn't say. Yes, it was. Yep, Okay. that was at 155. So he beat Kiesa, but at 155. So I guess that doesn't attribute to the ranking. I guess it kind of does. He fought Joe Woz on an AFC 12. That's wild. And a Sun Sal. A Sun Sal fights at 135. Oh. <laughs> Eve Edwards. Man, he has fought a lot of people. That's wild. He fought Joe Woz on basically when they were amateurs. That <laughs> was his seventh fight. Joe Woz was on Nate Diaz's uh, season of The Ultimate Fighter. Okay. Goes on PKA sometimes. But yeah, as you can see, he's fought. I mean, Tim he's Williams. lost to some of these pretenders out here at times. Oh, lost Quinta. to Gilbert Melendez, who's a 145er, essentially. Quinta, Benson Anderson. He's had an up-and-down career. Yeah, he's okay. a lot. Yeah, he doesn't... The only guy he's beat on that was he beat Kiesa at 155. It's the only man he's beat. So I guess that puts him right above him. So there you go. That's why he's sixth. <laughs> he beat Kiesa eight years ago. Okay. Uh, let's see here. You got any matchups you'd want to see yet? What, what, what do you think they should want match up for 155? 155. Okay, so we got Islam here at number five. Has he fought Benil Darush yet? No. I think that would be a good fight, maybe. It'd be good. If Islam fought It'd be grappling. You wouldn't like it. It'd be a grappling match. Well, Islam, I think I've seen him stand up. He was saying that he could stand up and fight in his last fight. He was saying he's been working on it. But he 
immediately started losing on the feet against Moises. And he was like, I tried, and then just wrestled him for the rest of the... He was not he was not performing well on the feet against Moises. And Moises is not as good of a striker as Benio the Rouge. Other than that, I just really don't see a lot that can be done in 155. Benio the Rouge, I think, has the best chance of beating Islam out of everybody ahead of him right here. Because he has the best grappling. Well... Dustin's got some pretty good grappling, yeah. but Dustin got wrestled pretty good by Habib. So I mean, I think Benio LaRouche has got the best chance of beating Islam, as everybody on that list. Because hmm. Islam can be knocked out. He has been knocked out before. Yeah, I think we looked at his that debut, at yeah. Point, yeah. He got knocked out. RDA, I know we've talked a little bit Paul about Felder. him. He did, okay. Paul Felder. Paul Felder Who do you see him maybe fighting? Maybe Tony. They fought before. They have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tony beat him. I mean, they could run that back, maybe. They could finally have him versus Connor. Oh, oh RDA versus Connor. Yeah, they were supposed to. That RDA was who fell out when he was when Nate Diaz filled in. Okay, okay. With eleven days notice. Yeah, I'd be down to see. Gregor that. Gillespie would be a good matchup. There's a lot of grapplers here. Maybe CDF. But CDS would be jumping over Gillespie, who just beat him. He has fought everyone. RDA. Rafael Dos Anjos or whatever. He has fought everyone. Literally everybody. Like he's fought in Tony. Habib. He's fought everybody. He tried to fight Connor, but he fell out. Yeah, I'd be down. He has. has, I don't think he's ever turned down a fight, RDA. Yeah, so that'll probably keep him around. Oh, you know, because yeah. they like people oh, who don't yeah. turn down fights. Oh, yeah. yeah. They love Brazilian guys that'll fight for below their worth and not turn down fights. <laughs> so there'll be some good ones. 155, it's always stacked. Always has been, always will. It's a great division. 135 is the one that's on fire right now, though. When people still say 155 is the best division. Currently, I would disagree. I think 135 is. There's guys that are unranked at 135 that are murderers. That are murders right there. Is this Bantamweight? No, Bantamweight. Oh, Bantamweight. Okay. Bantamweight's got so many champions in it. Former champions. There's one, two, three. Dominic Cruz, wasn't he? Four, five. Five former champions and a a champ. Because you got Jan, former champ. Dillashaw, former champ. Jose Aldo, former champ. Cody Garbrandt, former champ. Frankie Edgar, former champ. Dominic Cruz, former champ. Marab is fighting... I think Marab and Frankie Edgar are set to face off soon. That'll be a good one. Marab trains under Matt Sarah. Okay. That'll be a good one. He is... He gets turned down a lot because he's very good and doesn't have a lot of name power. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't really get a lot of great fights. It looks like they didn't put... I don't know how updated this is because I thought they were going to give... Uh, Matrix, Kyler Phillips, ranking to the guy that beat him. Hmm. Uh, it doesn't... Last updated, it says September 6th. Oh, I guess not. I guess they didn't put him in there. The, that robbery. I guess they saw how I saw it. Though. This is a robbery. You're not getting a ranking off this. <laughs> yeah, 135. Well, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, well, this has been episode 9 of the B.S. Riddle podcast. Uh, we've got Contender Series coming up on Tuesday, so we'll definitely talk about and that. And we should that. have a guest next week that I'm pretty good very guest, looking yeah. forward to. So we won't mention any names yeah. yet. But so just in case it doesn't fall go through, I don't want to say anything. But, but I am very episode excited. Episode 10 should be pretty good. We've been doing this 10 weeks in a row. I'm very proud of us. Yes. We've got a couple of guests, people that have agreed to come on that I'm pretty excited about. So hopefully, uh, hopefully those start to fall into place and yeah. the show's about to level up. Yeah. We're about to get a new yeah. microphone. <laughs> yeah. New microphone. We're getting some new guests. What the show. Interspace or whatever you were calling it. Interface. Oh, an interface? Yeah. Well, that just, yeah, well, that doesn't matter. That goes with the microphone. I mean, it's important piece, but it's not like. People won't notice that, like they will the microphone quality. Okay, yeah. So the show's about to level up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And follow us on Instagram, be it Subrutal, Twitter, uh, Facebook. And thank you again for listening. Bye.
Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Bees for Brittle MMA podcast. Thank you again for joining us this week and we've got a very special guest and I'm very excited to share this interview with you guys. So enjoy the show and thanks again for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Be Sir Brutal podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making these episodes. And we just want to say thank you again for supporting this podcast week after week. And we really appreciate everything you guys do from tagging us on Instagram or DMing us and sending us memes. So if you don't follow us on Instagram already, feel free to give us a follow at Be Sir Brutal MMA. We're on TikTok and Twitter as well. And thank you again for supporting the podcast.